on this week's episode, the ride is over for Westworld. No superhero films for Tarantino, and God of War has its Ragnarok. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcasts plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at the pop culture cosmos game source the lakers fast break inside sports fantasy football humanican media of course everything going on at the happy hoarder go ahead and follow the happy hoarder today on facebook to get the latest updates on when the happy hoarder goes live because the Happy Hoarder's got some great deals for you to go ahead and pick up this holiday season. Plus also as well, the famous book, Congratulations, You Suck. Go ahead and pick it up today, right there for you at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And if you can do all that, plus also the fact that we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. There's a ton, absolute ton of hours available to you for watching. Pleasure. Right there for you in the Tabletop RPG land right there on Facebook. Plus also as well, we are the best place to go for the latest news and trends of pop culture right there in Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. So like that page to get the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day. And if you do, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is our own God of War Ragnarok in and of himself. At Pop Culture Cosmos, you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. Of course, the Happy Hoarder, Humanity Media, the Super BS Gamescast, and of course, his amazing book, Congratulations, You Suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Culture Cosmos, a.k.a. Josh Peterson. What's up, man? I'm good, man. How are you? There's a lot uh, lot lot going on this week i was actually meaning to ask you did you i don't know if you and um you guys covered on thursday warner brothers talking about all that all the franchise stuff what what were your thoughts on that oh as far as they're delving into you know things more harry potter movies like what uh what what was the consensus in that between you and melinda well, we didn't actually talk, touch on that part of it. We touched on the fact that they were hemorrhaging money along with Lionsgate, along with Paramount, along with the CW, along with all these other companies. They were hemorrhaging money. I know the new CEO at Warner Brothers Discovery, he is really focused on trying to push high-end, uh, low-risk, more volume box office related products like you said more lord of the rings and because they still have the rights to the lord of the rings movies they still have the rights to harry potter uh, he wants to despite the controversy with jk rowling it's actually he wants to go into more of the high-end box office returns because you know obviously they're hemorrhaging money right now at warner brothers discovery and and 
this merger between them has really cost them a lot in, in regards to a lot of stuff. And we'll touch on that here in a sec but, with, uh, with Westworld. Okay. Yeah. 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 That, that's true. I, I mean, I'm personally like, I don't know what else they could do with Lord of the Rings. Like, I'm having a hard time thinking about that unless diving into territory that has not been written. And then with Harry Potter, you know, I'm always happy to see another Harry Potter movie. Uh, granted, I don't really like the, the, uh, what do you call it? Like the, fantastic beast movies have not been that great but you know same, same thing i said with the amazon prime series any excuse to go back to those worlds is is it's good enough for me but just assuming that they're not doing it just for the sake of doing it and there's a good story to tell i'm i'm okay with it they would be doing it just to go ahead and do it just because they see a potential money there they saw that amazon you know they saw the series that initially generated so much interest and and they're doing their thing who knows what Embracer is going to do because they have the, uh, the right to the product too. So you're talking about Warner Brothers with the movies. You're talking about Embracer that could be making movies. Yeah, and you're I'm, talking about Amazon that could be making a series for the next four to five years. I'm confused on how that works. Like how Embracer Group has the rights to make movies and so does Warner Brothers. Like that doesn't... Uh... That doesn't make sense to me, you know, like how how does that work? Because traditionally you can't have two film companies with the rights to the same movie, you know, usually you can't. And but I guess the Warner Brothers has the rights to anything made in its own movies. So maybe that's the reason why they, they can still have that taken care of as far as them able to go ahead and make a movie. So. But we'll be uh, seeing a lot more Lord of the Rings, it sounds like, plus also more Harry Potter. He wants to get the old gang all back together. And that's something we'll talk about with Daniel Radcliffe coming up here in a bit, because if they're going to get Harry Potter, they're going to get like a buffed out Harry Potter. If you get a chance to see Weirdy Al Yankovic's story, because my God, he hit the he hit the weight room. I never thought Harry Potter could blow up like that. My God. <laughs> I have not seen it. He was seen jacked. Movie. Well, okay. I want to see it. I just I haven't had a chance to. It's out, right? It's on Hulu. No, it's actually on right? Roku. It's actually on Roku. So we will be talking later in the episode about Weird, the Al Yankovic story. I'm going to go ahead and review it right here on the show as far as our thoughts on that. Plus also as well, besides Weird, the Al Yankovic story, I'm going to go ahead and talk about or review as well Star Wars Tales of the Jedi. We're also going to be talking about God of War Ragnarok and the reception to that because that comes out here this week. Also coming out this week is Call of Duty Warzone 2. Call of Duty Warzone 2, could that end up being bigger than the Call of Duty games? We'll talk about that. Netflix has a lot of stuff that they just debuted over the course of the past few days. Manifest is the number one television show right there on Netflix. But Blockbuster, how well is it doing and is it worth your time? We'll talk about that. Plus, Enola Holmes 2, mention that real quick. And then also as well, we're going to be talking about One Piece film. Plus also as well, I'll share some final thoughts on M7 Day. That's right, N7 Day for Mass Effect so Josh, hopefully, and I will be able to share our thoughts on the back end of the show of some great memories that we have of Mass Effect. But first, my friend, wanted to go ahead and talk to you about the end of Westworld. It was announced along with all that stuff that the CEO was talking about as far as bigger, higher end stuff. He also wanted to touch on the fact that he didn't like television shows that were very costly that did not have great returns. And over the course of the four years, 
Westworld went from a show that they were hoping to bank on on the end of what we saw with Game of Thrones to something that unfortunately just became a nice little filler show with a high-end cast and unfortunately could not follow through as it was announced that Westworld has been canceled before season five even though it already been approved for season five it has been canceled and all the actors are being paid for season five your thoughts on westworld the end of it it was something again that we thought was being promoted initially as a replacement for all those that wanted to go ahead and have something big and basically an event piece that they didn't have anymore with the end of game of thrones your thoughts on the end of westworld it was unexpected because I know they were they're trying to go up to season five and allegedly like that was going to be the end of the story. I have not watched the last season yet, so I don't really know how it ended. You know, I know we, we talked about this before, though, with like the it was the ending of season three. I think like now that it's not it's not technically Westworld anymore because she's out in the city and uh, yeah. they're, they're away from that setting. And, you know, as we discussed that before, like it, it kind of was losing the appeal of what made it such an interesting show because it was basically turning into terminator or you know the, the the animatrix or whatever you want to call it but uh i don't know like they you'd think they they would have at least allowed them to complete the, the story of the fifth season but the fact that they're they're paying the cast still and not making it makes me wonder it's like how massively expensive that show was to make it was uh it did earn Dozens of Emmy nominations and also earned a few, quite a few Emmy awards. But unfortunately, that does not mean it's a guarantee to go ahead and continue. And we saw that because, like you said, it must have cost a lot to get that show up and running each and every time out. Its its sheer scale and scope was on the size of almost many movies that are made or currently constructed. And if it did not get the same kind of viewing returns, because I know I dropped off after season one. I uh, dropped a, saw a little bit of season two, but I kind of actually dropped off after there. And I know a lot of people after that major season one ending, which kind of, I don't know, confused and seemingly just disappointed people left and right. It kind of seemed like it was going out from there. So Westworld is something I think that will go down in history as even though it was it was technically a very very good series again it earned dozens of emmy nominations i think that it will go down as an ultimate uh, disappointment for hbo max discovery hbo because of the fact that it was supposed to have been the event weekly event replacement for game of thrones and unfortunately did not fail to meet those expectations yeah and it, it's just you know it's sad because like we don't have a lot of good sci-fi out there and granted, the, the show was not at a point where it was that great. But again, we don't have a lot of good sci-fi. Like Ridley Scott show those wolves something or other with the, um, what's his name, from from Vikings. Like like that show got canceled too. And, uh, raised by Wolves. Raised by Wolves. That's what I'm thinking about. But that got canceled. Now we, <laughs> what's left? You know, I, I was sitting in, um, I was sitting in class the other day and I, was, I assigned a science fiction book report to my students and nobody knew any good sci-fi stuff that to read or what they wanted to read because it's true like there just is not a lot of very good highlighted science fiction properties out there anymore no there isn't and that's a shame for everyone out there because i I prefer sci-fi 
more than any other genre personally is is my taste to it i mean we are seeing a little bit of sci-fi with disney of course with andor but that's in the star wars realm i think that's a little bit of an easy reach for them uh it's done very well for them so far so we'll see what happens there but yeah for westworld and hbo max and discovery it's a kind of a disappointing thing to see them unfortunately not being able to reach those heights with westworld that they had planned on doing because again it was supposed to be the replacement for game of thrones yeah yeah and that's just it and here, this this is a perfect example though of everyone saying like hey streaming being where it's at now not even not even like these big shows that people love on streaming properties are safe as we've seen with shows on netflix time and time again well we are going to see a major shift and we knew we're going to we knew we were going to go ahead and see a major shift in the streaming industry once it the 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 audience saturized once the audience got to a point where it's not going to grow as fast as it once did we're probably going to see something take effect and it looks like there's going to be some content that maybe people like maybe people are interested in that are not going to be continued simply because of the fact that there's going to be some cost cutting measures. I did mention again, when it comes to HBO, HBO discovery, when it comes to universal paramount, when it comes to CW, when it comes to a lot of these TV and streaming ventures, it looks like, again, there's going to be a lot of these shows that we'd like, and we see if they're too costly and don't get the numbers, they're going to be on the way out. It's tough to say that, like, oh, I'm going to justify the cost of this because I want to watch a show, and then that show ends. It's a, it's a weird landscape, you know. It just goes to show that some, something has to be massively successful, like Game of Thrones. But then, are they shooting themselves in the foot by constantly setting the bar high for everything that comes out? What are your thoughts out there on the end of Westworld? The ride is now over for Westworld. Did you want to go ahead and see it for another season, season five, so you can get a full and a complete ending on it? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, my friend, there's much more to talk about on today's program. Wanted to go ahead and get your thoughts on this. Right now on Netflix, of course, Manifest Season 4, the final season, is doing extremely well. It's the number one show on Netflix. Everybody seems to be happy with what's going on there. But wanted to go ahead and touch on some things that I wanted to go ahead and talk about that's also kind of trending in one sense and another. It's not really doing as well as I think a lot of people had hoped. When it comes to Netflix, and I want to say that I get, did get a chance to see Blockbuster, which you are a very big fan of Blockbuster and Blockbuster Video. You know that uh, and, the place, not not the show. Yes, not the show, but uh, the show did come out. That's loosely based, very very loosely based on the last blockbuster that's still available even though the last blockbuster is in oregon this show bases it in michigan and i did get to see you know a lot of the first 10 episodes and get to complete the first season and (sighs) i will say i'm disappointed because the fact that it does have a pretty good cast 
it does remind me as far as artistically and stylistically like Superstore. And we do have some of the people that are behind Superstore that were behind the show. But unfortunately, the jokes fall flat. The dialogue just seems to be too rushed at times. And it's just not very well written. And unfortunately for Randall Park and everybody associated with Blockbuster, it ends up not being a very good show. Yeah, so I, I I heard that it's they're they're trying really hard to be funny, and some of the jokes end up falling flat, and then the emotional stuff they want you to feel in that doesn't quite hit the spot because it, it just the rest of the show seems very poorly put together. I I honestly like I there this was not something I was interested in, you know, like I I. I would never have said like, oh, hey, I would love to see a show that takes place in an old blockbuster. I don't, I don't need that. You know, I think that, you know, that documentary that me, that's, there's enough for me. So I'm really curious, like what the thinking was, was behind. It's like, this is an absolute nostalgia cash grab. If, if I've ever seen anything like that. Actually, my friend, this is a vanity project for Netflix. This is something that where they, they said, you know what? We won. Blockbuster lost. Blockbuster had every chance to buy us and didn't. And they lost, we won, so we can go ahead and rub it in her face. That's all it is. So they're murdering Blockbuster twice. Yes, pretty much, essentially. And as I mentioned on the Thursday show, or Friday show, as everybody hears it, I think that my thought on creating a Blockbuster show would have been actually behind the scenes, or corporate, or, or just... You know, the the rise and fall of Blockbuster. Something in that realm would have been like so a, much more captivating and interesting like than seeing something. Series. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I get you. Or, or, or even uh, just a drama series that, that shows the rise and fall of it. You know, but the heights of the height and everything's great. And all of a sudden they make these dumb moves one after another. And then you can see the fall from there. That would have been much more interesting. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I, I just like, I, a sitcom that takes place in a blockbuster is just not something that I feel like I was really clamoring for. So I, I, as soon as I heard about it, I did not have any hope that it would be, be that good. No, no, it's not that good at all. And, and it's a shame. Uh, and I'm, I'm just sad to see that because Blockbuster, I think, for all the years it was out, yes, they did make a whole bunch of dumb moves. I thought it deserved better. I thought it deserved a lot better. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and this is, if, if anything, this is actually kind of insulting to the legacy of Blockbuster. Yeah, but unfortunately, they do get what they deserve in, in regards to that because they did have the opportunity to buy Netflix and they and scoffed they at them. And this is Netflix's, I, I think it's just a sign of revenge. Again, I think this is just like having a vanity plate on the back of your car that says, you lost, I won. Yeah, to be fair, though, I mean, back in the 90s, if you would have said that to me, you know, like, oh, hey, you could, uh, people are going to be streaming movies in the future. No one's going to be going to video stores. I would have thought you were crazy, too. Yeah, that's true. That's true, indeed. But what are your thoughts out there on Blockbuster? I mean, I'm hoping to get a couple of my friends that are on the Monday's Demolition Force, the show that we do each and every Monday, covering the great tabletop RPG action there. Hoping I can get a couple of the guys behind Demolition Force who were Blockbuster store managers to hopefully catch the show and share their thoughts on it. So I'm hoping to get them in an upcoming episode to share their thoughts. And some memories 
of Blockbuster as they saw it. So I'm hoping to get them on the air whenever possible. But what are your thoughts out there on Blockbuster, the series that's out on Netflix? It is not trending well when it's already in its first week and it's already down to number seven, as I saw last night on the top 10 TV shows list, getting destroyed by Manifest. So I see this as a one-season deal. I see this as something that, okay, Netflix has had its fun, poked a lot of fun at Blockbuster, and then they're done. I think this is probably not going to last anymore after that. Yeah, well, anything that's not solid coming out the gates, you know, as we've seen with like Cowboy Bebop, Netflix tends to axe almost immediately. So I am predicting that within the next week, we're going to hear a cancellation of the show. I think it may take about a month before them just to get the results back and everything like that. But yeah, I agree. I I don't see this happening very much longer for Blockbuster because, yeah, if it... If it didn't get off to a start where it was in the top three of the TV shows and staying there for at least a week or two, yeah, it just it's not a good sign because Manifest is destroying it right now. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't know. Like, uh, let's let's hope for better blockbuster content to be made in the future. Something that is true to the legacy of um, the store and the memories of the people who went there. But again, even if for me, if that was the case, a a tell all or like a like a even a, a Hollywood reimagining of a of the rise and fall of Blockbuster, that would have been much better for me. I, I'm hoping for that. That's what that would be more compelling television to me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But also, like, I'd be okay with um, you know, more sitcoms that take place in that era, like or movies even that visited Blockbuster. You know, just- Captain Marvel. Just yeah, well yeah, but you didn't actually get to go inside, you know. You didn't actually get to talk about like oh, buying candy and looking at movies. Like I would love more odes to Blockbuster in in modern content. That's true. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention right now on Netflix, because again, uh, Manifest is killing it right now, is Enola Holmes two, uh, the Millie Bobby Brown Henry Cavill, where Henry Cavill plays Sherlock Holmes, Millie Bobby Brown plays the title character. Solving another mystery. It's not getting quite the same critical reception, but it's still trending well on Netflix. I mean, right now, Millie Bobby Brown is positioning herself coming out of the end of Stranger Things, which we will see the end of Stranger Things coming up here next year, most likely, as an individual who will probably be reaching a very heightened star, possibly even superstar status. Your thoughts on Enola Holmes 2 and how it's trending on Um, I was not expecting this movie to be good. I, I mean, I didn't think the last one was great, but it was it was a it was a good popcorn flick, you know, and that's kind of what I was hoping out of this one. So uh, I'm not going to make any predictions about it because I, I, I kind of just want to go into it and enjoy it for what it was. Did you like the last one? It was alright. It was formulaic, but it was alright. Yeah, it was, it was. It was fun. You know, that's 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 what I'll say. Like, it was it was a fun movie, but it was not something I'd like go and recommend to people. I wouldn't say like, oh, definitely top five, you know, of the, of the year. It it was not that, but it was it was something to turn on. Much much in the uh, the vein of oh, that Ryan Reynolds movie with the little kid, the Adam Project. The Adam Project. Yeah, I mean, I kind of look at Enola Holmes and the Adam Project in the same vein. Like, neither of those movies were great, but they were fun. You know, like they were 
they're worth however much Netflix was back then money that I paid to uh, have the service for that month. Yeah, well, there you go. But right now, when it comes to Enola Holmes 2, again, she is lining herself up to do a lot of good things or a lot of big things come the end of Stranger Things. She's going to be huge. Like she's the, the, she's going to be the uh, the name on everybody's lips when it comes to, uh, you know, Hollywood. I can totally see it. Before we head to the break, my friend, I just wanted to give you an update on, yes, I did get a chance to see Weird the Al Yankovic Story, which is available right now on Roku. Go ahead and check it out. The first half of the movie is really good. I think overall it overstayed its welcome by about, I'd say, 15, 20 minutes. If it was just 15, 20 minutes shorter, I think it would have been a really, really, really good film. It's still a good film, still okay. It could have been better because I think it just ran a little bit too long. It is a self-parody of the story of the man behind some of the greatest parody music of all time in Al Yankovic. People, if you're looking for a serious biopic of Weird Al's story and life, you're not going to find it here. It's something that is totally taken into an entirely different direction on how he was discovered, how he discovered music himself, how he became famous. All of that is overblown and, and just blown out of the water as far as what you were willing to expect. It's something that is right up Weird Al's alley. And if you're, if you're interested in his music, it is something that is seen in the same way that this is a self-parody of those biopics because it just goes off the rails. And for the most part, in a good way in the movie, or at least an opportunity to go ahead and and become a leader of the drug cartel and take out Pablo Escobar, which ultimately Madonna, his girlfriend, Al's girlfriend at the time, which never happened in real life, by the way, becomes a drug cartel queen. And the fact that he has this overnight success where he becomes the biggest pop star of all time. He was very big, but he was not that big. He, (laughs) in one of his most famous songs, Eat It, in the movie he actually claims that he actually made it first and michael jackson ripped him off in a parody and he gets all upset about it so basically he goes into a very funny very fictitious way of trying to tell his life story it's probably you know done in a way that only he can do and only he can get away with the first half is absolutely worth watching the second half again little bit too much i think it uh, gets a little bit too corny and tries to go through a lot of tropes that it didn't need to but i really think for the most part it is a good watch yeah and it could have been a great watch if they had trimmed it down by 15 20 minutes but it's still there it's still a, a really good watch it is weird the al yankovic story and it, it does go off the rails and daniel radcliffe he does a solid job and just seeing harry potter jack was actually funny in and of itself but Yes, him and the entire cast, they had a lot of fun seemingly with this film. And of course, Weird Al, who wrote the film, obviously had a a lot of fun in in going ahead and making a, I don't know, not a mockery per se, but definitely a parody of his life story with Weird Al Yankovic story. And if you got some time, about an hour and 45 minutes, go ahead and check it out. It is worth your time. Call of Duty Warzone 2 is coming out this week, and it is something that is played by a lot of people as a free-to-play game that's set in the that's set in the Call of Duty universe, and it's something I think a lot of people still enjoy. 
I know it's garnering big money for Activision Blizzard, but your thoughts on this, my friend, I think it's something that where, yes, it is going to do extremely well. Could it eventually take over the yearly? Well, it's not going to be yearly because next year they they don't have another edition coming out. It's going to be two years, but normally yearly edition that comes out for Call of Duty could eventually replace that experience. That's a good question. I, I think that the Call of Duty is a franchise that, much like Assassin's Creed, becomes overconfident in itself. It must have something to it that is good. Whether or not I'll get around to playing it, I don't know. But apparently there's still a lot of life left in the old Call of Duty engine. Well, according to the numbers that the PlayStation Store, the official PlayStation Twitter account released, that it blew up the PlayStation Store like no other Call of Duty game before it. And that's saying something since Call of Duty is annually the number one game that's out there. That's amazing. I think that with Warzone, as the numbers over the course of a year could decline in whatever annual release there is, you have Warzone rising and trending because warzone seems to be something that again is a nice guilty pleasure and an easy fix as a free-to-play game for people out there you know how i feel about call of duty multiplayer but yeah if if people are still going to it you know like like i said i i think that we're we have so many first-person shooters coming out that it's it's a very competitive arena i guess i would say and Call of Duty obviously like has the favor of people, and this is like it's like Call of Duty and Madden. These are the one games that people go out to buy every year. So there's obviously something to it, and they have a dedicated fan base. So they could honestly fall flat and probably still be okay. But what are your thoughts out there on Call of Duty Warzone 2 as it becomes available for gamers out there this week? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Action Figure Adventure is back with Season 2, and we're going further than ever before, checking out more toy stores than ever before, and seeing more incredible, iconic, and noteworthy pieces than you could possibly imagine. Once again, Jay grapples with how to build the ultimate action figure auction to support critically and terminally ill kids in need. Along the way, we'll chat about Holy Grail figures, perfect action figures, and showcase some incredible toy collections. Action Figure Adventure Season 2. 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Jinx TV Canada. Your thoughts, my friend, on the game that everybody is talking about that's coming out this week, and that is God of War Ragnarok. You said you got a pre-order in for it. The reviews are amazing. Tens across the place. It's got a Metacritic score right now of 94 as I last look. Your thoughts on the experience of God of War Ragnarok, and it could end up being even a better experience than the very highly rated god of war reboot yeah i mean the uh the continuous tens like this this was the first game that was given at 10 by a lot of different outlets and like i played it and i was like okay i can see why again it's earning tens all over the place and it's got a 94 overall you can't argue with the success of what's coming for god of war ragnarok oh absolutely i'm i i mean like this is a uh i'm really excited to play this game it's probably one of the few games that i will sit down and play from start to finish all year so i love the last one i played it probably three or four times and i cannot wait to dive into this one 
Well, when it comes to the story, what are you hoping to get out of it? As far as the story evolving for Kratos, you know, obviously he's got his son right there alongside of him. He's got help along the way and characters right and left. They're very integral to the story. Some new, some from the last game. Where are you looking to go with this character or what are you look hoping to get as far as the story being told? You know, what's funny is the the last God of War game, you know, as far as, you know, story and character development, that the last God of War game was the first God of War game in like, what, seven, eight games that actually developed Kratos as a character. Like before, he just grunted and he ripped people into pieces. In this game, he's actually a, a person and it was actually emotionally invested in his story. Going into this one, there's still a lot will happen because, you know, he's learning how to be a father. His son is young. In this one, his son is going into his teenage years and the son's growing. You know, being a parent is not an easy thing. There's always it's it's an evolution, right? Because both the parent and the child are evolving over the course of time. And, you know, much like Kratos, he's learning how to be a father and he's kind of figuring it out as he goes. And that's kind of the story parenting, you know, and I think there's a lot of character development to happen in that point just like atreus is learning how to essentially be a son to his his father like he's learning his mom is gone and now he's learning he's trying to figure out like how how to cultivate this relationship with his dad and what he's supposed to be doing here yeah just it's supposed to be on a family's sense and like you said the bonding relationship between father and son that connection which you saw in the first rebooted game is something that was a special part and and hopefully they can continue that i'm also looking forward to seeing how it's going to evolve because you know it's going to lead into a trilogy because of how successful this game looks like it's going to set up so he had just actually said i thought it was gonna be a trilogy too but then cory barlog had said we're not going to make people wait 10 years for the end of this game, the end of this story. So they're actually ending the Norse saga in two games. But also, like, if you remember in the last God of War, I don't know if you played it or not, but he opens this big panel and inside of it, and this is when they're looking for, I think, to uh, the the giant tier or the tier, I think his name was, but they find this giant panel and, and it shows how all these pantheons of gods are connected to each other. He's trying to figure out how to break into other other worlds, I guess. And I have a feeling that at the end of Ragnarok, we're going to see, like, what's next? Where is Kratos going next? Because eventually this is all going to come full circle. This is setting itself up for one of the biggest games of the year. This is setting itself up for a game that's going to go ahead and really do some big numbers for PlayStation. It's going to be a big hit. No question about it. I mean, you've got the critical claim. There is no way that Sony is going to lead the God of War franchise alone after this game. Oh, no, absolutely not. Just like we predicted, right, that they're not going to leave Uncharted alone. And now, lo and behold, there are a bunch of whispers going around of something happening in the Uncharted universe. So, no, and honestly, with God of War, they should not. Uncharted is different like it's more of an exploration game and there's not really they did a good job of developing their characters but it doesn't hit you on the emotional level that God of War does and this is people are actually like there's a lot of people haven't even played the Greek God of War games there they just jumped into this one so I, I think there's there's still so much character and story to be mine but also like a ton of money 
I think that there is going to be a big future for what we're going to see with this version of God of War. I think that this will be one of the biggest games of the year behind Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. And I think that when all is said and done, you know, the God of War universe is just getting started. I think that the success of this game and its previous outing, I think, is just lend itself to being one of the pillar franchises for Sony going forward. Yeah, it definitely is. And it's something that feels like it, it actually resonates with people. And I think that that's, that's a rare thing in a AAA video game. Yeah, it is a rare thing to have in a AAA video game, but I think it's also something where, you know, you have one of the main reasons why Sony is still preferred by gamers over the Xbox, even though the Xbox to me is a better value, the Xbox Games Pass is a better value than what uh, PlayStation offers with the PlayStation Plus. When it comes to the first-party games, the amount and the quality by xbox they've just not been able to match and when sony comes out with something like this it, it just lends itself to those who support the playstation that argument even more oh absolutely yeah and this it does keep fueling the old uh the old rivalry there absolutely well you know again people wonder why that that, that even after the activision blizzard acquisition why people should be interested in keeping a playstation well you know what keeping and buying a playstation is still of great interest as long as you have games coming out like god of war ragnarok which is going to come out this week and it's coming out to great acclaim it's coming out with great interest and i think as well it's going to be one of the biggest hits of the year for gamers out there in 2022 yeah i i agree and this is i'm and you know if my gut tells me anything it's going to be a game that much like the first god of war is going to be talked about for you know several years to come and that's a big thing. That's a big thing right there for us. And uh, I think that's something that it's going to be hard to go ahead and do a, another game in this yes universe. I mean, where do you you said this is going to maybe be the the last game in this part of the God of War realm? Sony's going to go ahead and continue this in some form or fashion. I mean, even if this part of the part stories is finished, they're still going to tell a lot more stories in the God of War universe. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, whether the the prophecy in the last game that they told was that, like, Kratos is going to die. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they'll they'll do that because that's a big, uh, yeah. But they also, un, you know, laid the groundwork for many years of God of War games to come because, you know, there's still, there's so many pantheons of gods that are still left to to explore whether it's a uh, you know china japan and each whatever you, you know you know what was out there like there's still still a lot more to be taken from this universe and it sounds like they eventually plan on bringing all these pantheons together for just like a massive war and that is something that does intrigue me quite a bit it's gonna be like god of war mass destruction or something like that so it's gonna be something gods of war man yeah, yeah. exactly yep yep uh, it's gonna be god of war oh blank you know watch out now so mm-hmm. gonna be a lot of interesting things coming up in the god of war universe but we definitely want to hear your thoughts on god of war ragnarok as it releases this week to great acclaim it's one of the most acclaimed video games uh, of the year and possibly of all time 
because it's actually uh, trending in that direction with one of the highest Metacritic scores of all time for a video game at 94 right now. So we want to hear your thoughts on God of War Ragnarok and where it sits with you. Is it something you're going to get? Is it the major buy of the video game season? Is it something even more important to you than Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 or Call of Duty Warzone 2? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, appreciate you sticking out with me on a day where we're having a lot of technical issues, but truly appreciate you uh, sticking out with us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Wanted to hear your thoughts on Star Wars Tales of the Jedi. I had a chance to see it on Disney+. Plus. There, there are about six shorts that uh, I guess uh, maybe if for those who are really involved or invested in the Star Wars lore, this is something I think that's for them. I'm not sure if it's for anyone else. It's something that people who have seen Star Wars and are have been following it for years will really enjoy. But outside of that, I haven't really heard much about. I've just heard about the connective tissue that they set down there and not really anything outside of that. So, yeah, is that you are you kind of feeling the same way? I'm kind of feeling that for someone who hasn't had a vested interest in the prequels, that watched the prequels, didn't enjoy the prequels too much. After finishing the Tales of the Jedi, I really just didn't get much out of it because all it's doing is it's connecting the dots. It's as if, okay, for those who watched the prequels and enjoyed the prequels, which not there are many of, but let's say that there are, this delves a little bit further as far as why Count Dooku went bad or what happened to Master Yaddle or what happened to Qui-Gon or what happened to Ben Kenobi and, you know, Anakin and, and all that as far as Ahsoka as well. You know, what happened after Order 66 for her. And it was stuff that if you never got made, it really would be of no loss to anybody out there. There's just a few people out there that are just interested in what happened deeper or a deeper look into the prequels. It just, for someone who wants a deeper look in the prequels, I guess it's okay, but it's a shot in the clone war style. So it's Dave Filoni really right there laying his imprint on it. But I mean, if you were really interested, involved, and in, and in why uh, or how the records on Camino got erased and and stuff like that, I guess that's that's for you. But if you're not, it's really just something that it's just there. It's just filler. It's just expanding a part of the Star Wars universe that not many people really needed to see or really wanted to see. So it's kind of a uh, like a fan service thing, like the Barbasol can in Jurassic Park. Like you don't, it's not important to the overarching story, but we're always like, oh hey, I wonder what happened to that. I mean, it dots the I's and crosses the T's for much of the prequel universe. I guess is basically what what yeah, I mean. If it maybe it'll make George Lucas happy, but I, again, the prequels were so much reviled, even though they were watched and they were you know, observed by a lot of people and they earned a lot of money. They're still not exactly beloved by a lot of people out there. And it's just amazing that they want to go ahead and still Dave Filoni has such a love for the prequels that he wanted to expand that universe and, and devote a, a small series of shorts to it. It just, just seemed like it was not that necessary. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe they were desperate for content or, 
yeah, I don't know. But it's funny to me because, like, Star Wars, no matter how much, like, useless stuff they put into that world, people still watch it. It's not that long of a watch. It's just the fact that I ask myself, why did I watch it? If I ask myself, why did I watch it? It's not that it's bad. It's yeah. just that it, it doesn't need to be there. Hmm. Am I driving along the road? And I think, hmm, I really wanted to know what happened to Master Yaddle. Hmm. What happened to her? I don't know. Well, I yeah. guess now we know. You know? Yeah. It's just a lot of T-crossing and I-dotting that maybe we didn't need. But yeah, if your thoughts out there on Tales of the Jedi and you're really a big fan of it, please let us know why. Because again, for a lot of us out there that really didn't delve into or want to delve into much more of the prequel universe. I guess you get a better look at it, but if you have thoughts on Tales of the Jedi, please let us know your thoughts. Cosmos at Yahoo.com If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, we're getting it out here on this episode, but before we head on out, as a anime expert, I wanted to hear your thoughts on One Piece Film Red, which I think is trending in the top five this weekend at the U.S. box office. Your thoughts on One Piece Red and what this might do for those that could be more interested in a whole bunch of more anime coming to theaters. You don't actually have to follow the show to watch it. Like, yeah, it helps to know who the characters are, but it's not really connected. There's not a lot of great connective tissue for the rest of the series. So you can just go into it as like a casual fan and still come out pretty entertained. Uh, that being said, I have great things about it. You know, I don't know if it's reaching Dragon Ball fame, but, you know, it's, it's good to opening this door for more anime films to be coming into theaters and creating new fan bases i mean i was on van's website last night and i saw that they're doing actually a one piece shoe crossover so anime is starting to leave a bigger cultural footprint and i think that we're i don't know quickly or slowly but we're casually moving towards an era where we probably will get to see more japanese you know animation films in theaters you know i loved as a kid be able to go and watch you know princess okay in a theater like that would have been cool to me it's just it's not been something that's been called for until now so that is something i am really excited about and you know i do plan on checking out one piece and hopefully we'll you know like i said we'll be able to see more of this popping into theaters and not just as like a one-day event but something that stays in theaters and you know and has a normal theatrical run but it's going to be something that, yeah, it's it finished or it's going to finish number two at the box office. It only got $10 million on a week weekend because uh, the top movie at the theaters is Black Adam. And Black Adam is going to finish just under $20 million. So it's not exactly the strongest weekend. It all comes in anticipation of Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. That's coming out next weekend. So this is a week weekend with Black Adam leading a weak field and then of course like I said 
with One Piece only getting $10 million. But like you said, it's the prospects of an anime film coming to theaters, having a theatrical run. In this case, it's having going to have a limited theatrical run. It's still going on. It's still got $10 million. And it's not the money that's that's getting to me as far as that. It's the fact that it did finish number two. But it's also the fact that, like you said, these anime movies are more and more appearing in theaters. We've already seen it already a couple times this year. I expect that more will happen to get these short bursts where people are for between 10 and $20 million. It goes in there for theaters for a couple of weeks. And then it goes right after that to streaming. So I have a feeling that, like you said, it's going to take a couple more of these projects to get a little bit more interest before we actually see anime really doing well at the box office. Yeah, so I'm trying to look at, like, what is Dragon Ball Super at right now? What's uh, the box office numbers? I'm trying to find it on this list here. $80 million. Like, that's, wow. <laughs> you know, like, that's definitely something. You would never see that happen, you know, in years prior. So, yeah, it's the door is being opened, and people are walking through it for sure. Absolutely. I think that Demon Slayer, when that comes out, another version of that that comes out in the theaters, I think that will also garner a great bit of interest because that's one of the most popular anime that's out there right now. I think that uh, we'll be able to see a few more entities come out. I think if they ever decide to go ahead and remake Akira, or if they ever do a live-action Akira, that will probably be of interest. I know One Piece is being developed by Netflix. I don't know if that's going to be something that's going to come to fruition or if they decided to maybe be against that or hedge against that after what happened with Cowboy Bebop. But I'm interested to see what kind of anime things that, that are going to be created on a either a mass streaming or a box office forefront going forward. Or what could be cool is a Cowboy Bebop movie too, because there's already a Cowboy Bebop movie, but if they made another movie, an anime style movie and put into theaters, like, it, oh my gosh, man, that gets me excited just thinking about it. Well, we'll see. I mean, the cancellation of the series did not help the Cowboy Bebop IP. Uh, I don't think that did any favors. Yeah, definitely not. One Piece, though, is already at $136 million, so good for them. Absolutely. Making a lot of money overseas, and it's and it actually it's making a little bit of money here in the States. So we'll see the kind of crowd that these anime movies, when they get hit to the box office, will make. Plus the fact that they'll also do well in streaming going forward, or if they land on Crunchyroll or Hulu or Netflix going forward, who are the major homes for a lot of anime out there. So what are your thoughts out there on One Piece Film Red? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, we're almost out of here. These technical gremlins hopefully will be gone by the wayside here for next week. Hopefully we can have a little bit better and more clarified conversation next week when we talk pop culture. But before we head on out, November 7th. Hmm. In most annals, this is N7 Day. So I want to hear your thoughts if the world of N7 Day means Mass Effect Day for us. So Mass Effect, N7, if you're really a gamer on the inside you know that n7 is part of the actual lore of mass effect universe i'm hoping for some news on mass effect hopefully we will get that by the end of the day but your thoughts my friend on mass effect it's meaning to you over the years you obviously when you look at the studio here that i have you see that mass effect has such a great influence in my life 
but your thoughts on why Mass Effect is so important to you. You know, Mass Effect is one of those games, like there are very few games that I describe as like feeling like home. You know, yeah, we I remember like Halo's multiplayer maps, like they felt like home to me because I knew them so well and I spent so much time there. Final Fantasy 15, same thing. Mass Effect Mass Effect resonates with me so much because I spent so many years of my life playing it. And I, despite the fact that Andromeda wasn't that great, like I still, I don't know, like I love being back in that universe. And I'm hopeful that they're going to make some announcements for what's next for Mass Effect because, you know, usually on Mass Effect Day, there is some kind of tease or there's something to kind of wet your whistle a little bit for what's next. So I'm hoping you know, we'll get something like that here soon. I'm hoping we will. I mean, nothing has been announced as of the time we're recording, but something's going to be done during the course of the day. Some type of announcement or some type of acknowledgement because BioWare, the creators of the Mass Effect universe, is are going to be planning something. We already know that Mass Effect 5 is on the way, or Mass Effect, the new generation, the new reimagining of Mass Effect, or the continuation of the series, whatever they're going to be doing in the Mass Effect as far as on the video game front. We all know this on the way, and maybe we'll get a look at that, but still at least a couple years out. I'm hoping that we get announcement. We've talked about it before on this show, and we heard the rumors, and we saw what was reported by Deadline months ago about Amazon possibly circling in on a Mass Effect series. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I want to hear more news about. That's what I want to see is that somebody finally taking a great interest. Like you said, we talked about earlier with Westworld that good sci-fi is going away. This would probably reinvigorate the sci-fi universe if it's done well, a Mass Effect TV series or movie. That's right. It was expressing interest in playing Commander Shepard, but I don't know if that's... Henry Cavill, yeah. 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 But yeah, that would definitely be great. Mass Effect would definitely be a better... um, what do you call it, a better streaming show than a movie because it's something people definitely would want to keep going back to. Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Something's coming up for Monday and we'll be able for Mass Effect Day. Mass Effect is going to be uh, just awesome to hopefully hear some good news. But, yeah, that comes up on Monday and we'll report it. We're definitely looking forward to seeing what's upcoming in the Mass Effect universe, and hopefully we'll get a clue on that on Mass Effect Day. And if you're interested, please go ahead again and check us out Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook or Pop Culture Cosmos there, right there for you, wherever you get your podcast. We'll hopefully, if it's something big, we'll report it on the Friday show. But yes, what are your thoughts out there as we head into, as you listen to this, Mass Effect Day and 7 Day, November 7th being Mass Effect Day. Please let us know your thoughts. If you have any great Mass Effect memories, for me, just be able to explore the Mass Effect universe in both Mass Effect 1 and 2. And then obviously the, I guess the the game was really good in Mass Effect 3 up until the end. I know that the very end was very controversial. The endings had to be changed and altered and because of the backlash and the uproar as far as how Mass Effect 3 ended. We know how it went Mass Effect Andromeda, how if you actually played it now, it's probably a decent game, but unfortunately there were so many problems with it and such a, a inferior experience compared to the other three Mass Effects. And I think that Mass Effect for me, though, has been a great experience, especially the first two. Mass Effect 2 is always thought of as one of the best video games of all time, and Mass Effect 1, the 
just the feeling of you being able to save the galaxy and save the universe is, is just a, was a thrilling experience just to follow that whole lore. And the books, if you get a chance, a lot of the books are, are really good reading as well to delve into, but yeah, just been a great experience overall for Mass Effect. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I cannot wait to go back to that world. And I, I hope that uh, it brings new fans into it as well, much like God of War does, kind of matures and then opens the uh, door for people who had, might not have played the first three games. So let me ask you this before we head on out, my friend. What does BioWare need to do? Because their last decade has not been as good as the decade before with all their games. Not including, you know, what's to be seen with Mass Effect Andromeda. What do they need to do to get back in the right frame of mind or in the right footing with gamers when it concerns Mass Effect? I mean, they need to revisit what made the first three so special and keep their assets in the right place. Because, you know, a, a big issue with Andromeda was that they removed half the team to go work on a Star Wars game. Like, if they're going to make a Mass Effect game, they need to make it and make it well you know and ea needs to realize that it it did you know clear, clearly had the the assets uh, you know moving them around really had an effect on the overall game but the, most of all they need to get back to storytelling like tell a story that people want to hear and that people can resonate with don't just tell something for the sake of telling it you know you need to make something again going back to the god of war thing make something that matters to people well, we'll see, my friend. Uh, the announcements will come hopefully tomorrow. Some type of announcement will come tomorrow in the Mass Effect universe. And I know you and I will be talking back and forth on it. And hopefully good things will be happening on it. But November 7th, Mass Effect Day. I know that a lot of people will be gearing up for God of War and Call of Duty Warzone and all that good stuff. But let's take a moment in time to appreciate also some really good video game storytelling not just for God of War or Call of Duty, but also Mass Effect as well. So hopefully we'll get a big announcement on November 7th. Hopefully by the time you hear this, you'll be able to already go ahead and check that out on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page to see what the latest news and information. And also Game Source, where we cover video game news as well. Hopefully you'll be able to get a good look at seeing what the future of the Mass Effect universe is all about. Like I said, hopefully we'll get some news here soon and you know, we'll be able to find out what's what's next for Mass Effect. What are your thoughts out there on Mass Effect as November 7th, a.k.a. N7 Day, Mass Effect Day, hits this week? Please let us know your thoughts and experiences on Mass Effect and that awesome universe, PopCultureCosmos, at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, with between all the glitches and the echoes and all the stuff that I have to deal with in post, which is going to be a nightmare for me, I do appreciate you getting through it, my friend. Any last thoughts before we head on out? No, I mean, I know we talked about doing our Christmas list episode here coming up soon, so I'm excited about that. Yes, uh, holiday gift guides. We're going to be doing the first week of December as far as those episodes for both the PC Multiverse and Pop Culture Cosmos. Looking forward to creating some great holiday gift ideas for you guys and gals out there. Just looking forward to creating some great gift ideas for holiday gift guides for you. Black Friday is coming around the corner, so Black Friday episodes are on the way, plus some good things as well coming up for the holiday season. And you know we've got the best of at the end of the year. The best of Josh in pop culture, the best of Gerald, and the best of Melinda in pop culture 
So definitely looking forward to that as well. And of course, don't forget to catch us on the Friday show, the PC Multiverse. Looking forward to talking more pop culture coming up this week right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Josh Culture Cosmos, a.k.a. Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.